Are you an aspiring creative in entertainment, business, fashion, design, or the arts? Do you want to elevate your creative passion project to the next level? Then this show is for you. Whether you want a career in television, film, radio, literature, music, or beyond, Creative Breakthrough will show you how to take your dreams and turn them into reality. This show will not only leave you feeling motivated and inspired, but also provide you real-life tools to pursue the creative journey you have always wanted. I'm your host, creative coach, and chicken wing lover, Shireen Kassab, a.k.a. The Funny Brown Girl. Yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with chicken wings. Now, get ready to flex your creative muscle. Today's episode is brought to you by HoorayForCBD.com. If you struggle with anxiety, whether it's performance anxiety, social anxiety, or generalized anxiety, CBD is a non-addictive, legal, and natural product to help you find relief. I use CBD every day to take control of my mood, reduce my inflammation, and decrease my stress levels. After a long day at the office, CBD gummies help me relax and focus on my creative passion. If you're looking for relief from anxiety, stress, or insomnia, visit HoorayForCBD.com. Welcome back to another episode of The Creative Breakthrough. I'm your host, Shireen Kassam. Hey, thank you so much for joining me week after week. I am so grateful and humbled that you guys do support this podcast, and I've been getting some really good reviews and some really good listener numbers. I want to give a shout out to the United States, United Kingdom, Canada, Malaysia, Czech Republic for being my greatest listeners, my biggest listeners, I can speak English, and for supporting this podcast. Hey, also, don't forget, I am going to be in Africa, in Kenya and South Africa, the last week of April, the last two weeks of April and the first week of May. And so I am going to take a hiatus on this podcast for three weeks. Uh, so I will drop an episode next week, but then after that, I will not drop an episode for three weeks. And I, I decided to do this because I, while I, I have content ready, I don't know what the internet um, speeds are going to be in my hotels in Africa. I know they have great Wi-Fi, but sometimes hotel Wi-Fis are a little bit slower. And so I don't want to take any chances. And so I'm going to go ahead and take the three-week hiatus to make sure that when I come back, you guys get quality content. Also, don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter. You can go to funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. And in those weekly emails, I am putting in there um, scholarships, grants, really cool things that creatives can do to get noticed, to get money, get representation, all that stuff. I'm also including articles in there that I find interesting for creatives. But there are two really cool competitions that are coming up that I think you guys should be aware of. One, if you are an actor, Universal Pictures Global Talent Development and Inclusion is having a monologue contest. Um, and it's a, it's a first on-camera talent competition to identify and develop diverse on-air talent. So if that sounds like you, definitely apply. Submissions are due on April 24th. Now, if you are a filmmaker, Amazon Prime Video has announced it will launch the All Voices Film Festival, a short film competition for U.S. filmmakers from underrepresented backgrounds to compete for a grand prize of $25,000. So definitely sign up for these things if these interest you or the, you think you are um, have the right background for these because this is great money and great representation to get. So definitely get on that. Okay. 
This week, I want to talk about when is it okay to walk away from something? When is it okay to walk away from your creative pursuit, your passion? When is it okay when when you can finally say, okay, this is enough. I don't want to do this anymore. And And it's a question that a lot of us struggle with because we put in so many hours, so much time, so much dedication, our blood, sweat, and tears. And then when we start to make progress or we get noticed, we may decide, okay, this is not what we wanted anymore. And then we're too ashamed or embarrassed to quit. We also feel like quitting makes us look like a loser and winners don't quit. But here's the thing. Winners quit all the time. One of the main characteristics of a winner is flexibility and adaptation. It's having that ability to walk away when something is not fulfilling you. And so the biggest question to ask yourself is where you are right now. Is it fulfilling you? Is it giving you purpose in life? Is it making you happy? Because the whole idea of your creative pursuit, your creative passion is to bring happiness to your life. And if it's not doing that, then it is okay to quit. For those of you who don't know, I actually was on the radio. I had a late night radio show. Um, It started in 2017. It started in May of 2017. And it was me and three guys. And I I actually don't know if it's still running anymore. So I'm not going to give it and I'm not going to call it by its name. But it was on a radio station here in Central Florida. And it was every day, Monday through Friday from from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And I started with them. I went through the audition process with them. I landed the gig with them. I was in the recording studio with them every day from from March until August. And in August, I decided to quit. And when I quit, I didn't really tell people why. I kind of just walked away from the show. And I let people come up with their own stories and their own assumptions about why I quit. And, And that wasn't the right thing to do now that I look back on it because For me, it was not the right opportunity and it wasn't a good fit, but people made up their own stories. And a lot of people felt, especially the people at the radio station felt that I wasn't appreciative of the opportunity and that I kind of just dismissed the opportunity by quitting. And that was not even close to being the truth. But I just didn't know how to speak the truth in a diplomatic fashion because I didn't want to get into a cat fight. I didn't want to start fighting with my three co-hosts and saying, he said, she said, he said, she said. As it was, I left because I felt like I was being singled out. I felt like they were bullying me. I felt like they were just stepping on me and that I was I was their get out of jail card. When they didn't have anything funny to say, it was like pick on Shireen. When they when there was a pause in the show and they didn't know where they were in their show notes, it was like pick on Shireen. And what was funny is I had the same amount of radio experience as two of them. Like we were all on the morning radio show together. So it's not like I had no radio experience for them to talk to me about saying, well, you can't write a sketch because you're not funny or you can't can't talk to unless spoken to because you don't say anything funny or none of your jokes are ever funny and they all just bomb and it was just this constant negativity I mean who tells their co-hosts like women aren't funny I mean I've won more competitions than they have I've been on HBO which I think really pissed them off which was hilarious but like at a certain point we're a team and we should be acting like a team so I left now people ask me all the time like you, that was what you wanted to do. You wanted to be on radio. You wanted to have your own radio show. Like, isn't it, isn't it being a loser to quit? Like, shouldn't you have fought it out? And here's the thing. Okay. I gave it three months. I did give it the 90 days. And up to that 90 day period, when I finally decided enough is enough, there was enough hurdles and challenges and obstacles where I felt that God was telling me, you need to get out of this. Like, this is not for you. This is not helping your career. This is not helping build you up. This is not helping you get to where you want to be. And I tell you this because I'm going to tell you why I left today. I'm going to give you the honest truth of why I left the radio. But from a high level, I will tell you that 
You do not want to be in a position where you feel left out, where you feel like the people you're working with are not building you up, where you feel like the people are actually trying to hold you back. Like when I was on the show with these guys, they were three guys and every week it was like, females aren't funny and you can't write a sketch and we're going to write the sketches and you're just going to be the sidekick and, and you can speak when spoken to, but we don't think that you have what it takes to actually run the show and do anything, which was funny. I wasn't allowed to write a sketch the entire three months I was there. I've said on the last episode I I got to do a sketch and it was so interesting because I can play it for you and you can hear the co-host chuckling and then trying to cover their chuckles because they didn't want people to know how funny it was but the show was actually just like a boys club and I had to just pause for a second and think okay this this is a boys club this these are boys being boys and they don't want a female on the show for whatever reason they had to have a female on the show and they told me that they didn't want a female on the show I just happened to be there at the right place at the right time and so I got put on this show but in the in the end of the day really what I was was a punching bag anytime that there was a pause and they had nothing to say it was all about let's pick on Shireen for being Muslim let's make some stupid Muslim joke about her bombing the place or her dad bombing the place or her camels bombing the place. I mean, they came up with some of the most unfunniest Muslim jokes ever. And here's the thing. they One of the arguments that I get a lot is that people say, why is it okay for me to make jokes about being Muslim on stage, but it's not okay when other people do it? And here's why, okay? I am Muslim and I talk about it on stage as a way to demystify stereotypes and try to Try to help the audience come along on a journey with me to say to them, I am just an American woman doing stand-up comedy who happens to be Muslim. And so they can see that I'm not a terrorist. They can see that I am just a woman trying to do stand-up comedy who happens to be Muslim. But when you start making Muslim jokes about me over the radio and people don't know who I am, then that gives them the right to come up with their own uh, conclusions about who I am as a person. They don't know who I am. They could honestly think that my dad is a terrorist or that I'm a terrorist because you haven't framed it up. They haven't gotten to know me. I mean, the rate, I was only on the radio for three months. That's not enough time for our listeners to really understand who I am as a person before you go out there and make these claims about Muslim people. And you're generalizing it and you're stereotyping it without putting any grounds behind it or educating the listener for that matter about who we are as a person. And this idea of me being Muslim is actually one of the reasons that I actually ended up leaving the show. So what happened was, and this, I've never, I have not told this story publicly. Um, some people like close to me know it, like my boyfriend and other people, but people who are at the radio station have no idea this is why I left the show. And, and probably a lot of the listeners don't know either. Part of doing the radio was also like doing comedy shows. It was how do we make extra income from now being on the radio? And all four of us were comedians. I I performed mostly by myself and the other three actually were partners. So they used to travel together and do shows together because two of them were headliners and one was a feature. And so they would always take the feature with them on the road and the two headliners would always work together, but they never actually included me in any of this. So there was a lot of times that I just didn't even know what was happening. Like a lot of the stories on the radio were about the three of them on a road trip or the three of them at a show. Uh, and not once in three months did they ever invite me to do a show with them. Because as they said, women aren't funny. They really believe that women aren't funny. Like that was their go-to because they were just so insecure with the idea that I was doing so much and they couldn't, they couldn't keep up with me. 
And I don't say that like not to be humble, but like I got invited to the Asheville Comedy Festival and one of the hosts was like, why would you ever do a festival where there's no cash prize or there's no actual like money being given out? And then lo and behold, I go to the festival, which is a really prestigious festival to get into and find out that he had applied but didn't get in. So like how insecure are you that you can't tell your co-host congratulations? So like you just don't want to be in that negative environment where people can't build you up. You always want to surround yourself with people who are going to build you up especially if you have to spend so much time with them and especially if you guys are also business partners which we were so we we decided to do this comedy show and the two co-hosts did the comedy show one weekend in Melbourne and they did really well and they brought home like $200 so then me and one of the co-hosts were signed up to do a comedy show in Melbourne as well and at the time we talked about it and the one of the co-hosts who was the co-host that I was going to work with was going to, uh, and let's give him a name because it's going to be really confusing. So I'm going to give him the name of Tim. That's not his real name, but I'm giving him the name of Tim. Tim is a headliner. I'm a feature. So I said, hey, Tim, we're doing this show coming up in Melbourne. How do you want to split the cash? We should talk about it now versus like at the show. And he was like, let's just do 50-50. It's no big deal. It's going to be like 200 bucks. We'll just split it 100-100. Because he was under the assumption that we were only going to sell like 20 or 30 tickets just like the other two guys. Lo and behold, we only sold 30 tickets, but the night of the show, we ended up getting 120 people show up. That was more than the club had ever had. The club had to actually go look for chairs to seat all these people because what had happened was I'm also on the morning show. I do a guest set on the morning show and I announced it on the morning show and I had a bunch of listeners who had been listening for over a year who lived in Melbourne who wanted to come out and see me do comedy. And so all these people were coming through the door like being like, hey, Shereen, oh my God, it's so cool to finally meet you and it was such a humbling experience that all these people came out and I was so excited to get on stage and share this share my jokes and share my passion with these people who had just heard me on the radio all these times and I, I was like this is gonna be the best show ever right so the show starts the host gets on stage she's this Italian girl pretty new to comedy and Oh, and so let's take a step back. So we finally get situated. We're a little late to get the show started because we couldn't get enough chairs. And there was one table in the front that had a reserve sign on it. And we were waiting for them. And they finally showed up. They were a little drunk. It was 13 white people. And I say white people because it's part of the story. And they were probably the only people at the show this night who were not there to see me or Tim. They were just regulars at the club who just happened to come by on a Saturday night. So they take their seat. The host goes up. At this point, I'm outside, like pacing the hallways, you know, like getting ready. So I don't hear all this happening. But supposedly the table in the front was like heckling the host and telling her like, hey, you're ugly. Get off the stage. You're not funny. Like who let her up there? So she gets off the stage. I get on the stage. And at this point, like when someone's heckling, it's up to the it's up to the club manager to go say something. And it's up to the headliner also in the feature if they hear it to go say something. At this point, the club manager or the headliner have not said anything. So then I get on stage and right away they are talking nonstop, like loudly. And they're in the front table. So I nicely asked them, can you please stop talking? That didn't stop. They kept going, kept going, kept going. I asked them again nicely, can you please stop? And it was just getting so bad and aggravating and frustrating to me. And then the worst part was, is I went into my I'm Muslim jokes. And the minute I said I'm Muslim, one of the men from the table stood up and said, 
get rid of her. And he walked out and four other people in his party walked out behind him. And that was the end of it. Like I was in tears. I was so upset. I was crying. It was the first time I'd ever felt this way on stage. I've never cried after a show upset when I lose like a competition because I'm very competitive, but I never cried after a show. And that was, this was it. Like I was like in tears. So I get off stage, the headliner comes on, he does this thing. At this point, the table, the four people who had walked out are outside complaining to the manager about how disrespectful I was and all this stuff. Nobody says anything to me though. The show ends. These, these people come back in. They all take pictures with the headliner, Tim. Now Tim knows what happened. Tim saw the whole thing, right? But Tim's standing there taking pictures with them, uh, signing autographs, selling their merchandise. And then they come up to me and they start ripping me a new one. Like you had no right to ruin our night and you totally messed up. And this is all your fault that we had such a crappy night. Again, Tim just stands there and does nothing. And Tim is like a 300 pound African-American man. Like if he wanted to say something, he could have said something, but he chose not to. And so people who were standing there actually got involved. Like people from the audience got involved and were like, Hey, it wasn't her fault. And like, they were the ones defending me. So finally these people leave. Then I'm like, okay, this has to be the end of it. Like it's going to be over. It's going to be okay. Tim comes up to me with the cash and he's like, we sold X amount of tickets. Here's the cash from the club manager. I look at the cash, I count it, I realize we're short, like we didn't get all the money. Now, I don't know whether the club manager didn't give us all the money or Tim pocketed some of the money, I will never know that. So I'm not gonna say that somebody stole money, but somebody stole money, okay? So now I'm splitting it up 50-50 like we agreed on. And Tim is like, I should get more. And I'm like, why should you get more? And he's like, because I headlined and I did a better job and I brought more people. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, you did not bring more people. All these people came to see me. And second of all, we agreed 50-50. An agreement is an agreement. Like you can't go back on your word. And so we fought for like 30 minutes where he tried to strong arm me and not give me my money. And finally he gave me my money which still wasn't 50-50. Like when I counted it, there was still, there was a 20 missing, which he said he couldn't break because he didn't have change, which is total BS, but whatever. So anyways, now I'm really pissed because now I'm like, okay, first of all, he's my co-host. I've respected him since I started doing comedy. I've had the utmost respect for him. I've gone to him for advice. He's like one of the kingpins of comedy or for Orlando. Like I just expected more from him. And for him as a as a black man, not to stand up for me or even say anything, but just sit there silently and take pictures and sign autographs and sell merchandise was just a kick in the gut to me. And then to try to steal money from me and try to strong arm me and into giving him more money for whatever reason was just like icing on the cake. Like I was done. Like I was just like, this is not what I want to do anymore. So then we, we, the night ends, we all go home, come the day we have to be in the studio, all four of us together. I find out that the club owner actually has called one of the other co-hosts and told him that I am no longer allowed to perform at this club anymore because these people were really upset that I was a Muslim person and that I was being rude to them and condescending and that they didn't, they didn't feel safe. So I'm, I'm now banned from this room, okay, for being Muslim. Now, you would think that three intelligent men would say, okay, well, if Shireen's banned from this club, we shouldn't perform there anymore because he's a racist. We should go find another venue to perform in. But that is not what happened. Instead, they asked me to call the owner and apologize to him and then call the 13 white people who were upset at me for being rude and condescending, which I was not, and vulgar, which if you've heard my comedy, you will know that I am the least amount of vulgar there is, to apologize to them so that I could be accepted back into this club. 
And I was like, no, that is not happening. And what was really interesting about this whole thing is that when I found out I was banned from the club, I put it up on Facebook and people who actually came to the show that night took time out of their schedule to call the club owner and explain to him that it wasn't my fault. They explained to him exactly what happened. They explained to him what I said and what their response was and how they walked out when I said I was Muslim. And that's what it, that's what friends are. That's what people who support you will do for you. And the fact that my co-host couldn't do that for me and they couldn't stick up for me. Instead, they thought the easiest way to get back on stage was to apologize just didn't fly with me. And so that's why I left. Like I literally sat there and was like, if you guys expect me to apologize for being Muslim, I'm not going to do it. That's it. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. And that was it. And a lot of people are like, a lot of people still ask me like, do you regret leaving? And no, I really don't regret leaving because at no point in my life will I ever, ever apologize for the color of my skin, my ethnicity or my race or my religion. I just won't do it. And yeah, was I angry? Of course, like I'm, I'm getting angry right now because I deserve to be there. I deserve to be in that studio as much as anyone else. But you know what? At the end of the day, it wasn't a good fit. And I have to be proud of what I've accomplished since then, okay? I left this show in August of 2017. In those, since then, I've had the opportunity to open for Arsenio Hall. I've been invited to Portugal to host in front of 15,000 people. I've been invited to Chicago, LA, Dubai to perform comedy. I mean, I've gotten to do so many things that I may have not gotten to do if I had stayed at that radio show. And the best thing about it is I don't have to hear on a daily basis how boring or unfunny or un unable, unable to write sketches or just all that negativity is gone from my life. And so I'm telling you this because it is okay to walk away. I know I lost a lot of opportunities when I walked away from the radio. Like a week later, I got a call that I'm not supposed to come in in the mornings anymore and my morning segment got canceled. But you know what? Those are some of the prices you have to pay. And I should have thought about that maybe and, and, and worked through it and given people a heads up instead of making such a rash decision. In that moment when they asked me to apologize for being Muslim, I was so angry that I had to leave. I had to leave with my own dignity and my own integrity and my own ethics. And that's something that you're going to have to deal with in the entertainment business. There are going to be times when your ethics are on the line, when your integrity is being questioned and you have to do the right thing. You have to be the bigger person. And in that moment, that's what I did. And unfortunately, I've suffered the consequences on the radio, but in my real life, not in, not in my real life, but in life itself, I have done so much more with that time and I've accomplished so much more that I am here to tell you that if you are in a situation that is not making you happy, that is making you miserable, that you drag your feet to go to, and it is supposed to be a burning desire in your soul, it is your creative passion, it is what's supposed to get you up in the morning, then it is okay to quit. It is okay to walk away. Now I hope that you've heard the real story and you realize that I didn't have a choice. I had to walk away for my own sanity and for my own sake and that you will be proud of me and that you will you will applaud me for all the accomplishments that I have made and the fact that I have continued to work on my radio skills by doing this podcast and that I've continued to utilize whatever you've taught me in the studio and that I'm using it and that I'm putting it to work and I'm I'm out there doing comedy still and hustling and grinding and for the listeners I just want you to take away from this that 
sometimes you're going to have to make these painful decisions in your careers, in your, in your creative careers, and it'll hurt and it'll continue to hurt. I mean, this happened now almost two years ago, and you can see that it still hurts me, but I've done so much more and you just have to look at the positives. You have to be optimistic that when God closes one door, he opens another door. When And if you don't believe in God, you just have to, you just have to tell yourself like sometimes there's obstacles in your way and that's just to make you a bigger and stronger person in it. And it sometimes, I honestly, I honestly believe that sometimes, and again, I believe in God, God gives you these things. And then he says to himself, he's like, wait, you're too good for that. You can do better. And I'm going to, I'm going to open another door for you where you can shine more and where you can actually be who you are and be applauded for it. And that's what he did. And so with that, I leave you with this, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Hey, before you hit pause, did you find this episode helpful and enjoyable? If so, could you leave an Apple podcast, aka iTunes review? It'll take you less than one minute and mean the world to me. The more ratings and reviews the show gets, the more people are able to find this podcast. If you're unsure how to leave a review, no worries. If you're on your iPhone or iPad, go to the homepage of this show and scroll down to write a review. Click on it and you'll be able to rate and review the show. If you're on a Mac from iTunes, go to the show homepage and on the top, click ratings and reviews. Also, please subscribe to get the latest episodes once they drop. If you enjoy the episode and know someone who would love it, please share. From your iPhone, click on the icon with three dots and then share via social media, email, or text. If you want to hear more, head over to funnybrowngirl.com forward slash podcast. You can also find me online. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Funny Brown Girl. Also, sign up for my free newsletter for more tips to advance your creative journey at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. And again, if you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Thank you for listening. See you next week.